Welcome to AMI VIP. I'm your host, Mo Holloman. Come along with me as I interview entrepreneurs, business, and community leaders to share an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at how they got their start and how they've reached success in their industries. In every episode, we'll dive into the untold stories, the fear, the excitement, the failure, and how they prevail. You might just leave each episode feeling like you too can achieve your wildest dreams. So join us as we create a community of uplifters who take on the world. On today's show, we have my good friend, Doug Hunt, who's the Director of Entrepreneurship for the Joplin Area Chamber of Commerce right here in Joplin, Missouri. Since serving in this position, Doug has executed a plan that's advanced the mission of the two business incubators with more than 60,000 square foot of space. He's taken the centers to 100% occupancy for the first time in their history while working closely with the new startup businesses, coaching them through the early growth, stable and eventually graduating from the incubators. He serves as a spokesperson for both centers while being a huge part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem right here in this community and the greater Southwest Missouri region. Because Doug owned his own consulting firm and many others, But Doug Hunt Consulting started in 2013, and in this capacity, Doug consulted with small business owners, providing them with coaching and guidance in marketing, public relations, successful internal and team communications. By providing workshops, seminars, being a keynote speaker at business events, Doug once served as vice president of business development for employers, health and safety, and as vice president of business development for Feral Construction, Inc., He founded and owned Sunrise Media Group, Inc., a leading marketing and public relations firm from 1997 to 2013, employing a staff of more than 10 for 15 years. In 2013, following the economic impact of the Joplin EF5 tornado, Doug closed this company and launched a new consulting venture and his inspirational speaking tour. At the beginning of his career, he spent 11 years in broadcast television working for both NBC and ABC TV stations in Joplin, Missouri as creative services director, promotions manager, commercial producer, director, videographer, newscast technical director, and operations manager. In 1990, Doug was the youngest person in Joplin, Missouri history to be elected to the Joplin City Council at the age of 25. He served a four-year term and chose not to seek a second term. And then in 1995, the Missouri JCs named Doug Hunt as one of the 10 most outstanding young Missourians. In 2003, his company, Sunrise Media Group, was awarded the Missouri Governor's Cup Award for tourism and marketing. In 2004, he was honored with the Silver Medal Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Advertising Federation. And his company, Sunrise Media Group, was Small Business of the Year with the Joplin Area Chamber of Commerce. In 2014, he served at the invitation of the Joplin City Council on the Joplin City Charter Review Commission with Missouri State Senator Ron Richard. That is a bio if I've ever heard one. And you're going to see all about 
what that meant for Doug and how that translated over the course of the history of his career. It's fascinating. He's amazing. I'm telling you guys are going to have a blast in this episode. We should just get into it. I'm going to stop talking. All right. Well, hey, we have Doug Hunt here today. He's the Director of Entrepreneurship with the Joplin Area Chamber of Commerce, which you just heard about. And we have him here today because, of course, you know, I always say it, that this show really is all about uh, inspiring ideas and starting conversations. And really, if you have some type of idea in your head of what you want to achieve in this world, that you can do it. And that's why we have those conversations with people who have done these things. So, Doug, thank you for being here today. (laughs) It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And so I thought we'd get started with talking a little bit about what you do with the Chamber and the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Joplin, just so people know a little about you. Right, absolutely. Well, for me, it's not just a position I hold. It's almost like my career were stepping stones to get me to where I'm at in this position. And, you know, I got my start in broadcast television and spent 11 years there and primarily working behind the scenes. And that was my first experience, really, in working with small businesses where they would save up their money to run an an ad campaign. And maybe they were a small shop. And so they're putting a lot of their efforts and finances into marketing their business. And so I, when I would meet with them and, and talk about what, what the script or the content was before we produced their ads, I always was very mindful of feeling their, their angst or their excitement about their business and their vision and their worries and, and how much they were pouring of themselves into that. And that was really my first opportunity to see and understand what entrepreneurship is. And so throughout those 11 years in television, I probably produced more than 1,030-second spots. So that's meeting with a lot of small businesses during that time. And that kind of sparked in me, maybe I could do that one of these days, but I didn't know what it was then yet. And so then when I went to work for a transportation company and launch nonlinear digital editing for for them, I got to see how a particular ad agency worked in a specific in, industry, and I started seeing the parallels between that and a traditional advertising agency that would work with those small businesses, and that's when the light bulb went off for me, and that's when I did what the definition of entrepreneurship is. You jump off the cliff and you build your parachute on the way down. And so I launched my own marketing and PR firm, ad agency, uh, way back in 1997. So that was the early start. Yeah. And I just I think for me, my story feels a little bit about that way, too. And I actually used to go and speak to college campuses and tell my story of how I got to where I was at that point. Anyway, And one of the things I told people is your journey isn't necessarily going to be linear. And we all see on TV and in movies that your career will look a certain way, you know, like, well, you're going to go to college and then you're going to get a job and then you're going to have a family, you know, all those things. And uh, and so I love hearing stories where it's like, you know, you really every choice you made, you you found a little more of yourself along the way and it led you to where you are today. And it all makes sense for the gifts that you're able to give right now to the position you hold right now and that I know that you're really passionate about. So I just think it's really beautiful that way. Would you say that that's kind of been the case for you too, that, that you really feel like those skills, could you you had to go through that journey to oh, get yeah. here? Certainly, that's exactly right. It's, it's how the dots connect. And 
when you start off in your career, you never know when you're going to be on a path and something will inspire you or give you an idea or build an, an additional level of passion for something in particular. And that's at the heart of every entrepreneur that is running his or her business. And so when I decided to take that leap of faith and start my business, I had a good 15-year run with it, shut it down after the tornado. Um, and then I launched it. My second business, was, which was a consulting business. So I spent 15 years developing all these award-winning ads with an amazing team and growing revenue and net revenue while cutting advertising budgets for all of our clients. And so we had great case studies that we were very proud of. But one thing I noticed throughout that process is that you can build an incredible marketing message. And if you draw someone in to sample your wares, if you will, you better deliver on what their expectation is. So you can have a marketing message that sets high expectations, but you have to deliver those. Well, how do you do that? You have to make sure that that internal uh, culture is in place and that everybody's going to deliver what you say you deliver. And that's when I started my consulting business and ran it for about eight years, working with small businesses internally on how they're communicating with each other, what they're doing to make every single client feel like they're number one on top of the world. And and so when this position came open, it was almost like uh, it was it was kind of like a glove fit. Yeah. And to be able to be in the position that I'm in inside a chamber that I've had just so much deep respect for for nearly four decades is is an honor and a privilege for me. And to be in that position and and be coming in contact with people that are in the same mindset that I was nearly 30, 35 years ago, thinking, I've got an idea and I think I want to start my business. There's some precious energy with that. Mm. And so when I find myself in those conversations, that's like hallowed ground for me. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they are obviously in the right mindset and and that they have some skills on how to navigate fear because fear can stop them. Mm. And and to move on to that next level. So it's pay it forward. Ah, I just love listening to you talk. I should just I, I, I you guys, I'm a fangirl. OK, uh, it's, you know, I just I appreciate that so much because I I really believe that, like you said, that's a precious energy. But it's also a precious vulnerability mm. to be in that space because you, you get started with a business and you want to talk about all your shadows coming forward. And your you know, your inner critics like, oh, you're not good enough for this. And, oh, you're going to, you know, you're, you might succeed. You might fail. And I mean. That's a lot. And, and and of course, you have all those questions of all the things you don't know. Yeah. And so can you just walk me through a little bit what that looks like for people who you chat with or maybe even what your experience was with that and how you were able to overcome it? Well, my personal experience is when I signed my first lease on an office space in downtown Joplin, I'd, I you know, setting up an LLC is the easy part. But once you're up mm -hmm. and running, then when you make a commitment to a one-year lease and it's time to sign that lease and you have an idea and a vision and you know what it could be, but you don't have the revenue coming in yet, that's faith, right? And I'll never forget sitting at the desk with the real estate agent um, representing the property and it was time for me to sign and it was, it was, it was that moment where it was like, this is it and it's real. Because I knew when I put my signature on that page, I was committed to that whole dollar amount 
for rent for an entire year. Yeah. So it wasn't like I could say, eh, I don't think this is working out and back out of it. It was yeah. all in, baby. Yeah. And my hand was shaking. And oh. the real estate agent put his hand over and he goes, are you okay, Doug? And, I, and that was the turning point when I looked up at him and I said, I took a deep breath and said, yes, and just signed oh. it real fast. Yeah. And, and so when I meet with people now, yeah. the real rawness of that moment is still alive and well within me. And I want to make sure that everybody I visit with knows that I can relate to that. Yeah. And here's what you can do to be as successful as you possibly can as quickly as you can and not get caught up in what you don't know or to be derailed by fear or what I call thought toddlers, what you were talking about. Oh, the that's voices funny. In your yeah. Head. Yeah. I, I coined thought that phrase toddler. a long time That's ago. Good. I call them thought toddlers. <laughs> Hashtag thought toddlers. <laughs> yeah, and you just you just have to tell them, you know, you shut up. I'm gonna I'm gonna be over here now and do my thing. Yeah. Well, and that's so critical too, because I honestly feel like a lot of people in the world right now don't recognize they can immediately hear that voice and know that it's just a voice in their head. It's not who they are. They can decide not to listen, you know, and and then that's the point. You have that choice, you know, the awareness. That's that awareness factor. So how did you get to be in a place where you were acutely aware of that voice? Because a lot of people hear it and they don't really understand what's happening or how to navigate or channel around it. Oh my gosh, I love that question and Good. <laughs> it is it is a it is a multiple it is a multifaceted answer. Uh-huh. And it's a good one. But it was kind of a journey for me to get to that point. The first thing is we can decide how we're going to think. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will sadly let their thoughts run away with them. Mm, that spiral. Right. And we've mm-hmm. all I, I I have done that in the past. Yeah. But there are techniques where you can step in front of that and stop that runaway thought toddler, if you will. And and the the main way you can do that is by immediately focusing on like the top five or ten things that you're grateful for. Because it is has been proven by several Ivy League schools that the human brain cannot be in a state of angst or fear at the exact same time that it's grateful. It's like oil and water. That's beautiful. It's a physical science thing, biological. So if you're aware of this and you've got things coming at you that are derailing you or making you fearful or second guessing yourself, if you just take a deep breath and, and think to yourself, I'm thankful that I can walk. I'm thankful that I can breathe. I'm thankful for my family and my health. Those are all things we can be thankful for. And what it does, it's an immediate mind reboot. So when when that reboot happens, it allows you to step into your personal safe space where you can say, okay, here's the challenges. This is how I'm going to address them. And addressing those challenges is not swimming around in a state of mental fear. Yeah. Even though you'll be tempted. I mean, and it works. It it takes work on a daily basis. That's why Mm -hmm. I always start every day with. You know, what's on the gratitude list? Take a deep breath and be grateful Mm -hmm. because it snowballs. Negativity snowballs. If you get up out of bed and you stub your toe and you're running 10 minutes late, guess what? And And you're complaining about that. Yeah. And you're focused on that. Guess what? Every light is going to be red 
It's so true. That will be the day that the person tries to pull out in front of you, mm-hmm. right? That will be the day that you spill coffee on yourself. So you have a mindset, you have an opportunity to change your mindset to where am I going to, how am I going to react to this? And from the get-go, if you react from, if you stub your toe, I know it sounds crazy, just say, I'm thankful that I have feelings in my foot. Yeah. I'm thankful that this is not broken. I'm thankful that I'm still going to have a great day and I'm going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. You put ice on your toe and you go on. It's and that that's mindset. a great redirect too because some people struggle with, what am I supposed to be grateful for right now? I'm running late. I stubbed my toe. You know, it's easy to be a victim, you know, when it's totally our faults, you know, most yeah. of the time. And I and I know I've told you this before, but the Stoics have a phrase, amor fati, and that's the love of fate. I love what is happening to me. I love my fate. I love this moment. And so that's something I practice, especially when I'm in those moments where I'm like, you know, I'm going to spin out of control, you know, and I say, okay, okay, what can I, uh, what can I be grateful for in this? This moment how can I love my fate what is this teaching me what are the silver linings and what you said was really great because sometimes it can be really tough to come up with some things to be grateful for or reasons that you appreciate this really tricky moment um, and you saying I'm grateful I have feeling in my feet yeah yeah that is that's totally a great you know redirect okay yeah I could not feel my feet I could not be able to run into something <laughs> you yeah. know that's something to be grateful for and the great human experience is also you know, those are the day-to-day grind things, and we all yeah. have to go through tough stuff. The death of a spouse or a loved one or, heaven forbid, something insurmountable happen, yeah. and you go through the grieving process, and sometimes you just have to walk through that. But I'm ta- what I'm talking about is the day-to-day grind yeah. where people allow just the, the, the challenges of daily life to derail them. Yeah. And that is something that a new entrepreneur cannot allow themselves sure. to do if they plan to be successful. And who starts a business and not plan to be successful? Mm-hmm. So if people are not aware of the fact that they can step in and control their thinking and that type of thing, you know, it's it's something that they need to be aware of and start practicing mm-hmm. because yeah. more good things will come. And it gives you a, a moment of presence in your day, which is is something to be grateful for alone let's say you do run and stub your toe or those things that can really derail you or get you upset or frustrated and there's just one thing after another after that you know because you're also practicing looking for things you don't like versus snapping into that gratitude mindset and now you're looking for things you like so it's it really is that you know you get those those channels in your brain to continue to go down that path and then you build those walls up and and that's the highway to you know positivity town (laughs) but not in a fake way in a real way in a real way yeah any of your listeners want to dive down into more of the technical details of that i would suggest reading the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he really gives some cool techniques on how you can interrupt your thought process and so forth. But I'll share you this story without revealing too much about the book. The book starts out with a description of, the, of think of downtown anywhere USA. Mm-hmm. And here's this individual walking along and they're just talking and moving their arms around and having a conversation with it looks like somebody invisible in front of them. And society wants to look at them and think, oh, well, they're crazy. Yeah. What he says in the book is the only there's the there's no difference between us and that person. 
they're just doing it out loud. Mm. Our brains are doing the same thing. And so he opens the book by saying, hey, be aware of this because you're doing it, too. So, yeah, that's a great way to start. Uh, it really is. And then the other book that I highly recommend to people is Emotional Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Because if you and I are on a project and there's, there's a deliverable that we have to create with a deadline, and for whatever reason, something that you need doesn't come to pass or something I need to bring is not there, whether a fault of our own or not, we need to be able to communicate that in a safe space yeah. and to and to be in a spirit of trust mm-hmm. so that we can address that together as opposed to going into the blame blame game yeah. or getting defensive. Mm. Because when that happens, a a conversation will immediately what I call gutter ball yeah. into emotion mm-hmm. and assumptions and it it's and over. And then it's lost. It's just noise. It's mm-hmm. toxic. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I had an, a little awareness moment today where I was being defensive and had no reason to be, you know, um, and uh, and I was actually I was talking to Dave. So shout out, Dave, if you're yeah, watching, Dave. I won't tell you what we we're talking about. It was something silly. It was about a post that he had made about success. And I had just a little deviation away from the message um, that that I thought was worth noting. And he was like, well, actually, I, I didn't hear it that way. I heard it this way. And I thought, well. Well, I actually, you know, and so it ended up being one of those things where I was like getting kind of defensive. I'm like, no, that's what it meant. And then I thought to myself, I don't have to defend my. I mean, it was totally silly, but I don't have to defend myself. And I think when we get in situations where we're having conversations and we're just I mean, he was just having a conversation with me. We were just talking about the subject at hand. And for some reason, something within me decided that I ought to defend my position why not have a conversation and just hear his? Why not be open to understanding his point of view? Maybe it will change mine. Wouldn't that be great? No. You know? And so there are these really beautiful moments in life that we have those opportunities to decide what we want to be. And really, the only thing defensiveness will get you is uh exactly where you're at, you know? And so I would love to talk to you about toxicity because this is something we were talking about right before we came on and you had some really cool ideas for some ways that we might be able to create some more of these conversations around toxicity in the workplace and give potential solutions to people who are struggling with it. So can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. We've all worked in an environment where there's one, maybe two toxic people. And that doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's very uncomfortable for everybody. And when you're a small business of like 10 or 12, 15 employees, it can be really detrimental to your mission and your profitability. And a lot of times, and Simon Sinek talked about this in one of his podcasts recently, is that it's easy for a business owner to overlook a high performer that really delivers, is on time, and, and just resonates at a certain level. But if their attitude and their toxicity comes along with that, what are you doing to your company? Because even if you have somebody that's close to performing where they are and they're on the move, if they are um, if they are if they don't feel welcome or they feel attacked, they may be actually looking to go somewhere else. So if you leave, if you end up losing two or three emerging high performers, right? Because of a high performer that's toxic, what's going to be the long-term outcome? 
it's not going to be good for that business. So we've all dealt with that type of toxic uh, personality. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the workplace. We've, there, there's toxic personalities everywhere. And, and uh, one of the best ways to deal with that, which is the other book that I highly recommend, is Crucial Conversations. And Crucial Conversations dives into the science between people and how they communicate with one another. And it's another one of the reasons why I love visiting with you, whether all of this equipment's around or not, because we genuinely listen to each other and something productive comes out of that. So we haven't been in a situation where we're working on a project and something goes south. But what I know is that if it did, we could talk through that and come up with a solution and it would not disrupt the the trust bond. Yeah. And that's what you have to have in every single organization. And if you don't, you need to correct it mm -hmm. because it will correct well, itself. Well, let's give a great example. Our podcast we filmed a week ago, something happened to it. I could have, I knew it, you would be great, but you could have not received it well. You could have gone, you know what, Michelle, you always mess up these types of things. And, you know, I can't believe oh, my time is precious. How dare you not respect my, you know, it could have been a big mess, but you really received me well and were so generous with your time again to come back and kind and, and it's all easy going. And so I think th there is something to that as well. You know, the, the way that you are receiving people, especially when things are tough, you know, I call it boomerang positive energy. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you this quick story to illustrate that okay. point. Two weeks after the Joplin tornado. Okay. It's still crazy around here. Mm -hmm. And, I and, and, you know, people would be driving around in their cars with the windows blown out because they, you know, they were damaged in the yeah. storm and it was still raw and it was for weeks and months. And I was driving through Brahms up by Webb City on the in industrial park uh, just to go through there and get a drink. And there I noticed in my rearview mirror, a lady pulled up behind me and she she was like fidgeting with something or whatever. Well, when it was time, my time to pull up. She rolled forward and hit me. Oh no! Not hard. I mean, it was yeah. It was a pretty good bump, mm -hmm. and uh, she just busted out crying, mm. just bawling. Yeah, and she goes, "I'm so sorry." I said, "It's all good. We'll talk in a little bit." So we get through. I buy her meal for her. Aww. And then uh, when we get done, I pull over. And she pulls up beside me. She gets out and she goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And I went over and I said, may I hug you? And she said, yes. And I said, how are you doing from the storm? Mm. And she said, we lost everything. And she was just in a different mental state. Well, it was just a bump. It wasn't like there was barely scratch on my car. But that situation could have been completely different depending on my reaction. Yeah. And and she and I ended up having a great conversation just about how you react to things. And these are challenging times and all of that. And so that's what I try and push myself through every single day with every moment and every breath that, yes, you're going to have bad things come at you, but it's how you react to it. Yeah. And develop develop those skills where you can mm -hmm. not be ran over by things that most people yeah. let themselves get run over by. Well, in kindness to yourself, I, you know, 
I have found for me that compassion with myself has been huge in my ability to hold space and compassion for other people. And I know this is no newsflash for a lot of people, but to me, it took time. I mean, I have been hard on myself in the past and it continues to be a practice for me to really practice self-love, self-compassion, because that gives me that capacity to hold space for others. And and so I have noticed that I continue to become better to other people, the better I am to myself. And when you run into those people in life who are being really harsh to you and having really big reactions that seem to come out of nowhere, you know, usually you can track that back to either uh, there's a lot going on at home. I mean, fact is you can have compassion when people really blow up, even if you want to have the ego yourself. But typically there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And so you infusing love in the situation rather than snapping because you could have and she was expecting it, I'm sure. Right. But it broke the chain in that moment. It really did. You know, going back to the toxicity, going back to, you know, how you move through life and and the way that peace comes, it's through your choices. And and so for businesses who are having a toxic person in the work environment or you a toxic person that you're running into or just even the choice for yourself not to be toxic, uh, there are a lot of opportunities. It's it. You may look at it and think it is wrought with difficulties, but I would say. Rot with opportunity. <laughs> right. Would you agree with that? I, I really would. It's like being in a in a really relaxed, loving relationship. There's those yeah. the, that sphere of trust and and all of that. I mean, it's the epitome of a safe space, yeah. right? So you want to emulate that as best you can inside the organization that that either you own the business or whatever. And as we as we go through life, don't we want to have a kind of a cool, calm? Yeah. Existence day to day because we know something could happen like a loved one dies. We know a tornado could drop out of the yeah. sky. We know a fire could burn down our house. So save that energy for when you need it. Yeah. It's not because you stubbed your toe or little things happen during the day. It's like, just rise above that. Rise above. Rise above. I love that. And so when you're meeting with, you know, I, I know we have, uh, we, we were talking about when you're interviewing with some of these new entrepreneurs, just to kind of come back full circle to the opportunities that exist and how to rise above and how you've coached in those situations. Can you share some examples of how you were able to coach people in those moments where they also needed to rise above? I know of one example, if you don't have one off the top of your head. Well, I know the one you're thinking of. Yeah. So I want to share a new one with you. Oh, okay, fine. That happened a couple months okay. ago. Um, and this was this is a business that's in their third year. Mm-hmm. So the, I'm assuming the one that you're thinking of was brand new and they were starting. Brand yes. New. Yeah. This one was like three years in and I met this individual at a one million cups event and we just got to talk a little bit. And he said, do you mind if I just come over and visit with you for a while? And I said, yeah. So we come over and really what it, what it was, he was dealing with cash flow issues at the business. 
while at the same time dealing with growing pains. And when you're a small business, you get to that, what I call the, the ceiling, mm. and you can't do any more or take any more on until you reinvest and create that space where you can do more and extract more net profit. He was having uh, pressure on his time, but at the same time, his cash flow was going down a little bit. So we talked about that. And in that conversation, I discovered that he was in a very fearful state. And I understand that. Plus, there are life changes going on with, you know, his family. And I what the converse, the conversation went from, hey, here's what you can do for marketing and PR and what you what you can be doing to get your word out to what the real issue was, is how he's navigating that fear because the fear was making him go into neutral and not mm. address the issues. So we walked through that and it surprised the heck out of him because he wasn't expecting it. He didn't see it as fear and how he was dealing with it. He was looking at this. But when I when I walked through that with him to show him how he could use some techniques to get a hold of that that runaway thought process and really address the issues, this didn't seem as scary anymore. And so when we were done, that genuine handshake and eyeball to eyeball contact was it was beautiful. I just feel like that seems to be the case a lot of the times, doesn't it? Where y- you think it's one problem. Do you know what I mean? Because the thing is, if you're in a really good space, problems feel like opportunities easier. But problems feel like problems when you're not in a good headspace. You know what I mean? So would you say that most of the time when you're visiting with these entrepreneurs that it is something along the lines of a deep need to resolve something within? Yes. Yes. That's part of it. It can also be that they are unaware of resources available to them. Yeah. So if you are falling out of the sky out of an airplane and you don't have a parachute, that's a certain state of fear. But if before you jumped out of that airplane or were pushed and you knew that there was a super hypersonic drone that's going to deliver a parachute for you, your level of fear would be a little bit different. Maybe that's a bad analogy. I think it's great. But it's like if if business owners and entrepreneurs really take that moment to do the exercises to remain calm, what they can do on developing strategies around yeah. them, that's where power happens. That's where magic and enlightenment happens. And it's tough to do that when you're brand new and you've never done it before. Or maybe somebody starts a business and they don't come from an entrepreneurship family. And, you know, there, and of course, there are fundamentals when I meet with people. I'm, I may find out they don't even have a business plan yet. Wherever, wherever they are, I meet them where they are. So if they don't have a business plan, they haven't articulated, they haven't clearly defined what their product or service is, those are fundamentals we've got to get to. And to me, that's the easy part. Yeah, you've got to crank out a business plan. You need to be an LLC. You need to make sure your books are set up. You've got resources with SBDC. You've, there are plenty of people around here that can help you with your, your books in general. And identifying what your product or service is. And then once you get up and running, you got to really pay attention to how you're running and and what strategy you inject at that point is going to decide what's going to be happening in year two, three, and four. So we know 
what, 70, 80% of small businesses that start fail in the first three years. So I kind of take it on as a mission for me here mm-hmm. locally that I want to bring that number down. Yeah. It, it, even if I could bring that down to 50%, then then that's great. But I've never seen life as freshman senior mentality. Oh, I built my business. You figure it out yeah. on your own. No, it's pay it forward. If I can help a new business owner, or a new entrepreneur, not make the mistakes that I did in year one, two, or three, and they get more successful than I was at that time, yeah, I embrace that and celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward. Yeah, can you imagine if scientists found out all these things and never told us? <laughs> it would be terrible. So I feel like it's, you know, there you have a great example of why it's so important. Why continue to make these mistakes? Let's see everything grow. Let's see everything get better as a result of, of what what we've experienced. It makes no sense to me because I also know that I couldn't be here today and doing some of the things I'm doing had it not been for someone to say, hey, you know, here's here's a good idea. Here's a or a mentor who who helped hold my hand along the way. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I think it's so important to know that you you can go to someone like you having none of the answers and I think sometimes entrepreneurs or people who have a big idea they're afraid to talk about it or afraid to share it with someone because it doesn't feel like it's ready yet I know I've been that person usually I think oh it has to be perfect before I can tell anyone about it Mm -hmm. and I think what you're saying here is and so this is coaching for anybody who's listening you don't have to have it all figured out yet you could literally go to someone like Doug and, you know, so whether you're a business who's been going and and you've been making it and then all of a sudden you're not or you're, you're getting started and you feel like you have to be prepared, you really can just come and say, hey, Doug, here's where I'm at. Right. What do I need to do? You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And back to that fear factor and when, and when an entrepreneur is at that point that you just spoke of. There's also this temptation to be weirded out by your competition. Yeah. I could do a whole workshop called competition. And it's funny because typically what happens is a business owner, they're pouring their mind, their heart, their soul, their body into their new business. And then somebody comes along and hangs a shingle and they do the same thing they're doing. And it's like, ooh, yeah, the enemy, yeah. right? And I remember when I first started my first business, there was another company in town and, and they we, we were multimedia. So we did everything from website development to <clears throat> radio, TV, video production, print, billboard, all of it. But this particular company just came on the scene and they're like, we do websites. And they had a big budget to do a lot of advertising. And it was funny because I would go to our team. We would go like to a morning brew or a good morning Joplin event. And they would, they would walk in the room <clears throat> and see us and be completely freaked out, like yeah. so, so freaked out that, <laughs> that we were uncomfortable to even walk up to them. The thing that I always enjoyed about that is that I also had another competitor in the room who did everything that we did. He and I got along great. Yeah. We would sit at the same table. And what we realized is when, when the, he had too much of a workload that he couldn't handle, I would do the production on the back end, almost like a white label under yeah, his that's umbrella. Great. And then he would do the same for me. So there's a fine line. It's funny that that competition and collaboration have the same number of syllables hmm. because they're so close but so different. But I think a lot of people that are so freaked out about competition, 
they're operating from a state of fear. Yeah. And fear can't let them see that there's the possibility of collaboration or even to have something out there that can be a measuring stick to say, this is where we resonate. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, it goes back to what you were talking about with gratitude. You know, you you have two things that can't exist at the same time, fear and success. I don't really feel, I mean, they might happen at the same time, but it's not sustainable. Right. And if you're a business and you can be wildly successful and you equate that or, you know, do the comparison of it being a... Uh, like a five-gallon bucket, yeah, and the wor- the the ocean is the opportunity. Well, if you're wildly successful by having a five-gallon bucket filled with ocean water, why should you pay any attention to your competitor? Mm-hmm. Because if the competitor is focused on you and your bucket, they're missing out on filling their own bucket. Mm-hmm. But they're operating from fear. Yeah. It's fear so is, true. Fear is a great motivator. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean to like talk about fear like let's bury it in the ground. Yeah. Fear can also be a great motivator. And you can be acutely aware of some challenges that are coming at you, but it you shouldn't allow it to disrupt your decision yeah. making. Be aware of it and just be focused on mm-hmm. it. So when you're running a business, fear is like the, the giant Rottweiler that's a little unruly and likes to bite. Um, as long as it's on a, you've got it on a chain and yeah. it's under control, it's okay to walk next to you. It's all about how you wield the power you have. And the power is in your mind. <laughs> you know, it really is. It's, you know, how do I want to, do I want to channel this fear? I feel like I keep saying channel. Do I want to channel this fear? Do I want to wield this, this fear to be able to use it for me to open my eyes to new opportunities that I can consider? Yeah. Or, you know, it's, do I want to just, let it con- totally consume me, and here I am now with nothing, you know? And, and those are all fundamental things with just a traditional sense of of starting a business. But we're so fortunate and blessed right here in the Joplin metro area because if somebody does want to start their own business, look at the resources that are available with the Joseph Newman Innovation Center. You can come in for a day pass for 20 bucks and get on high-speed internet. A hot desk month-to-month is 150 or a dedicated desk for 250 Month to month, so there's no long term lease. You start growing your business, you need to get a line of credit at the bank. Now you're not tied to a lease like I was in the beginning. There's so many things there that can help people get up and running. And once it once somebody jumps and starts their own business and they start cash flowing, I can't put it into words the level of freedom mm. that you experience. It's like discovering wings that you never knew you had before, and it's intoxicating. So that's why I laugh when people I see them on LinkedIn, and it's like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I get that. Yeah. You know? And it's interesting. I can't think of another position that, that I would be more passionate about, because I'm a, I'm a W-2 employee, yeah. right? And so for the last two years, I've been in this position, and it's you know, 20, I went 21 years being self-employed, navigating through two businesses, one shutting down with economic impact of the tornado and challenges and all that, reinventing and being where I'm at now. So being on the back side of my career cycle, I just see it as an opportunity for me to pay it forward and yeah. just listen, love, coach, do whatever I got to do, because everybody deserves to own their own business at some point in time in life. Yeah, I think that's so great. And I I think that is why you're so perfect for this role. And I think that's not an accident. 
Yeah. You know, it really feels like the stars align in just the right way. You have all that experience. You have this ability to help to not only impact the entrepreneurial ecosystem here locally, but also really drive it. And I feel like the work that you do, especially with the Chamber of Commerce, is can you measure it? <laughs> do you know? Can you really can you really measure it? In quantity. In quantitative terms, yes. I think yeah. there, are, there are things you can look at, but it's also economic development. So back before I was mentally mature with a lot of my thought processes and I was early on in my first business, I remember seeing the news and the chamber would announce a ribbon cutting or a groundbreaking for a big company and they're, bringing, they're creating 15 jobs. And yet here I was and I, I just took a leap of faith and hired another full-time person, which was a big step for me. And I thought, well, where's my parade? You Mm -hmm. know, so it was like a pity party. Yeah. Okay, now fast forward past all that. Now, back to the first company that you were referring to, those two individuals who suddenly were without without a job, no notice, but they had great degrees in education and they had a built-in base of people that said, look, if you will start your company, we will follow you. And so they were forced into entrepreneurship. Most entrepreneurs are excited and they got an idea on a cocktail napkin. Some people are forced into entrepreneurship because they just decide to get away from a toxic environment or they lose their job and there is no other option. So there's there's different places where a, a entrepreneurial mind can be. And these individuals were terrified, mm. terrified. And I just sat down with them and listened and we cried together because I knew the situation that they were facing. But I knew in that moment they needed to know the resources that were available to them immediately from their chamber, which was the Advanced Training and Technology Center, two different business incubators, and just walking through how we can help them get up and running, right? Yeah. Well, they graduated out of the ATTC business incubator in 11 months. They now have their own private building that they're in, and they have hired 18 full-time people and four part-time people. Those are jobs that would not have been created had those two individuals not taken that leap of faith and decided, I'm not going to start this business. So, it's not like I'm in a mission to push people into starting a business yeah. because they've got to do their due diligence. But if it's there and it's lined up and it looks good, for goodness sakes, do not mm. let fear keep you from achieving your dream. Yeah. And so in that way, it really is quantifiable. <laughs> I mean, right. there you have it. I mean, the numbers are on the paper. Yeah. And that's just one of many stories. And, you know, it's so great about what you've done with your position is keep that place at 100 percent capacity almost all the time. I mean, if it's if there's an occupancy, it's it's filled up fast because you're always hustling around looking for who needs opportunities, who needs to, uh, you know, maybe maybe it is a, an opportunity like a hot desk where it's it's just something they go yeah. and use for a day. Maybe it's a, a longer term commitment. But I think that's just so great because not only are you fulfilling the intention of the Joseph Newman Innovation Center, honoring his legacy, what he was all about? Um, but you you really are taking what some people uh, may not have really thought uh 
could have turned into what it has and made it where not only is it happening exactly how it was intended to happen, but it's it's pumped through. I mean, do you know the number of businesses at this point that have that have come through that center? Oh, since 2006, when it went online? Yeah. I think it's around 75. I mean, and a lot of those are are graduating just directly out when it becomes possible for them to take that next step. And and graduating is right. That's why it's an incubator. So we're not at 100% capacity right now. And that's primarily because we've had three different businesses graduate out. So I have space now. Oh, amazing. And so I want to tell them how to find it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Just go to joplincc.com and uh, click on entrepreneurship or just call the chamber. We've got, we've got the big garage space downstairs on the first floor that's available. I've got a private office on the first floor that's inside the co-working space. And we have a, a private office upstairs that has no windows. It's internal. But if somebody is just like, they want to sit down and crunch numbers and be quiet and left alone, it'd be perfect for them. But yeah, we're looking for new people to put in the incubator. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, you know, what I love about this too is, so if, if you're watching or listening and, and you're not here in Joplin, there are communities everywhere. Your your community, or at least locally, they'll have a chamber of commerce. That's always a great place to start because if you want to know about the resources and, and how to find connections, another great thing about the chamber is if you just call up and, and you want to make an introduction to someone within the community who's also a chamber member, usually someone like Doug or a members, uh, membership services individual, they can, they'd be happy to make that connection. So it's, it's just so important to belong to opportunities like what the chamber provides and have one of those memberships and then taking a next step which is they know usually either they'll have incubators or or spaces that you can use not only can you uh, use those spaces but then you can also for meetings or whatever else usually you can use the facilities at the chamber which is so helpful when you want to have a meeting or or even like what you said just a quiet space Uh, but then just Tremendous other resources that really they know about and you wouldn't have had you not reached out. Right. So even back in the day when I had companies that would come to me and they couldn't afford a full marketing company, I would just do some pro bono work and coach them through how they can use their chamber membership. I said, you need to be part of a chamber, your local chamber, and this is what you need to do to network and to get your word out and your, your manager moment or your why statement. And here's how you do that. And just connect, 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 because visibility is credibility. And I'm not talking visibility on social media. Yeah. Social media is okay sometimes. But when you have an opportunity to meet somebody one-on-one and look into their eyes and visit and get to see their passion for their business, that's powerful. So, of course, you want to be part of your local chamber. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that years ago before I was ever working at the chamber yeah develop those relationships and you have to ask you know that's that's another thing going back to what you said earlier it's important to ask and and there is nothing wrong with it and people want to be asked you know i think that's another little myth that exists out there is is that nobody wants to be bothered with my problems and i don't want to bother you know i don't want to ask anybody this i'm sure they have other things to do and especially someone like doug or really anyone up at a chamber they are so glad that you called. They will be thrilled to know that they helped you because that's what they exist to do. So I think that's also important is to to have that courage to just know it's it's okay to ask for help. It, it is. And vulnerability is a beautiful thing. 
And so you got to get past your ego. Yeah. But if somebody can get to the point where they can genuinely ask for help, you'll be you'll be completely surprised with how many people want to step up and help you in that situation. Yeah. Ooh, I think that should be the title of this episode. Vulnerability is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug, you know, I think I kept you here long enough. I could just, I think we need to have you back for part three, but actually part two. <laughs> yeah. Would you want to come back? I'd be more than happy <laughs> I to put come you on back. the spot. Good. Well, I just appreciate the heck out of you for being here today. Do you want to let everybody know other places that they can find you or mostly just JoplinCC.com for all if, kinds of info? Right. JoplinCC.com is the main website. You can call the main chamber office at 417-624-4150 or just stop in sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of times I'm busy, but there's a 50-50 chance I'll be available to visit with you. And if not, uh, if you've ever, uh, let me leave on this. If there's anybody out there watching or listening to this and they've thought about, you know, I've always thought about starting my business. I just don't know what to do. Or I, I, I think that it, it wouldn't be successful because the the butts, the butts, the butts, the butts. Yeah. Before you make your decision on that, let's just sit down and visit. Yeah. I one of the saddest things is to see somebody in their older years, 50, 60, 70, to to genuinely tell you that they're sad that they never started their own business and pursued their dream because they were too scared. Mm. I don't want that to happen anybody to anybody that's crossing my path. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that can take your breath away to think about life that way. It really does, you know, just pause and think, what do I want to do? Yeah. What do I what do I want my life to be and know that really it is just that next choice you make. Yeah. And who you ask. Life is worth living. (laughs) Well, life is worth living with you, Doug. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. you. (laughs) And thank you for watching. Of course, we couldn't do it without you. So be sure to like and share and subscribe. Do all the things because we want you to keep coming back and knowing when we have new episodes coming back. Doug, thanks for being here. And thank you for hanging out. Well, that was Doug Hunt everybody. What'd you think? It was fun, right? I love talking to Doug and I could have Doug on here all the time. And I told him that I would love to just have a podcast with him one day because he's just a blast to talk to. And any time that we get to going, we just keep going. And so this was longer than the last episode. And I thought that might happen, but it's all good. So anyway, I hope you like that. I feel like his wisdom is applicable across the board whether you are someone who owns a business you work for someone maybe you have a hobby you want to get it doesn't really matter all of these lessons that he shares it's life lessons it's real meat of life i don't know how else to say it but i just i i love talking to him i feel like he's been an old soul since the day he was born and it's great when you have somebody who's willing to share those best practices with you so that when you go out and you try something new and he even said this in the episode why hold that knowledge and i just love people who are willing to be so open and to share and i always learn something from him so i'm truly just so inspired by this conversation i hope you are too i hope you find some things that are useful to you be sure to let us know what you thought like comment all the things and we would love to have doug back so if if he does come back let us know what you'd like us to ask him and also if you want to get involved in the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in joplin or somewhere else 
get a hold of your Chamber of Commerce. I'll link everything for our local Joplin Area Chamber of Commerce. And so you'll know how to get in touch with him about even the Joseph Newman Innovation Center. They have a lot going on all the time. So don't you worry. We'll make sure you have all the details right here. Once again, I appreciate the heck out of you. Thank you for helping us grow this community. I do want to give a shout out to Ricky. You know who you are. She's someone who listened to the show. She saw me the other day and she let me know if she listened to this episode and she had just lost a friend and we were able to be with her. She was playing this last episode with Kevin that night that that happened. And so she hugged me and said she was really grateful that that we were there with her. And that really means a lot to me. And I just want you to know that I already feel like this is a community and that we are building something pretty amazing. And so those of you who are a part of it, I'm just the one putting it out there. What we do with it from here is what will be left to be seen, I guess. So thank you for engaging with this. And I'm so happy to be here with you, however you're receiving this today, tonight, wherever, whenever. Thank you. Woo! That was a lot. But <laughs> anyway, let's let's go. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for being a part of AMI VIP. I'm Mo Holloman, signing off. <laughs>